0: Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning.
1: You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to
0: sound off on all things Broncos.
1: Tuesday evening, and it is... Combine Week. Carl, love it. I'm, I'm very nostalgic and jealous right now with everybody down there in India having gone there and covered the event three times myself for Mile High Huddle. A little bit easier when I lived in eastern Iowa to make that little drive out to Indianapolis. Um, but alas, we're in Combine Week and we are getting new football information and the kickoff to the most wonderful time of the year, the NFL offseason where hope springs eternal and every single move is the best move any team has ever made. Carl, God, it's good to see you. How you doing? Happy Tuesday.
0: I'm I'm good, man, and and you're right. This is that that wonderful time of year where from for the next two months, football is king in our households, and uh, we can't wait to talk about anything and everything football related. Yep. Lots of information coming out today from pressers. We're gonna get track numbers that are gonna be coming in that kind of dictate a little bit on some players, and uh, then of course you know we got free agency next. You got signings that are gonna be happening, and so it's just gonna be a whirlwind. And I, I'm here for it, man. I love it. I love yep. every moment of this. And unfortunately, it sounds like the summer is going to be a little boring because not only do you not have football, looks like baseball is going to be gone too. We're both big Cardinals fans. And I know it's it's a sad day for, for sports. But uh, But otherwise, like I said, for the next two months, though, we don't have to worry about that.
1: Just means I'm going to spend more time outside fishing, hiking, and climbing. So (laughs) life's good. Life's good. God's good. Let's get into it. Dylan Von Ark's coming in. Sup Broncos country. Make sure you hit the like button on the way in and subscribe if you haven't already. Yep, I see. We got some people trickling in here, but let's get those likes up if you are joining us today. We got Master Banks. I don't recognize this name as much, but uh, coming in here and uh, with a lot of comments. Um, Good evening, boys. Watching Coach's Presser again impressed with his speak and aura has um he has as a coach and leader. However, just like we said before, one in a smart quarterback, is it concerning that no other traits talk to me? It's not too concerning that he hasn't had other traits talks because it's kind of like, for me, it's a lot like the linebacker position where like, yes, we all want the bigger, faster, stronger coverage linebacker. But if they can't do the baseline read and react processing stuff, doesn't matter what tools they have uh, that that's the stuff you want. First, it's the tools that take them from startable to, exceptional most of the time, unless you're talking about a guy who was drafted, you know, 20 years ago and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, most of those guys have had some sort of tool or trait to hang their hat on. Uh, but it's definitely going to be interesting. I also think it's pretty interesting that uh, I felt like there was a little bit of a juxtaposition between how George Peyton talked about the quarterback position in general and uh, how Hackett talked about the quarterback position in general. I really wish I could be a fly on the wall for the draft boards and the meeting rooms. Cause I think there's going to be a little bit of academics, Ap- academic disagreement uh, in the draft process for them at the quarterback position specifically.
0: I could see that uh, when you're talking about linebackers being athletes compared to smart on the field, I always think of uh Stefan Anthony. Yep. Do you remember him? Huh, that center. guy was a missile. Yep. One of my favorite players that, during that time, that draft for that first round. And that guy turned into nothing because he couldn't process. And so, like you said, you, you got to have a little bit of everything. Yep. unfortunately I mean you can have some traits that can help cover up weaknesses in other areas yep. but you still have to have a baseline ability I mean Paxton Lynch he's an athlete yep. strong eh. arm eh. he wasn't the fastest guy but I mean he was strong he could go muscle through some tackles yeah uh, and obviously he just didn't have it in the head
1: maybe the heart either but I don't want to totally <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It takes more than trades. Thanks for the comment. I mean, I definitely believe in swinging for the fences at the quarterback position. That being said, um that is a symptom of where this is just speaking for me. Um where I personally sit on the quarterback evaluation, um I do not have the plethora of schematic knowledge that somebody who's in the NFL or even one of these prospects has as far as you know, proper reads coverage, uh, where to go with the ball with coverages, blah, blah, blah. Um, and also I can't, I'm not sitting here interviewing these players for their character. I'm not talking to their middle school principal about, you know, an, a fight that they had that I mean you, you'd be shocked guys, how deep in the weeds these teams get into these characters of these kids going, I mean, elementary school, we're talking about now he, this, he lived with it next door to him in fifth grade. You know, they're talking to these guys. They're reaching out to these kids. Um, but um, I don't have the information as far as the character, the intelligence, all of that stuff outside of pure hearsay. So what do I tend to lean on the tape and the tangible evidence, which tends to be traits. Um, so again, you got to have the processing, the intelligence, the competitiveness. I wish people would talk a little bit more about the competitiveness um, to be a good quarterback in the league. Um, I think it is though in today's NFL, especially quarterbacks draft in the last 10 to 15 years, it's been traits guys that have uh, tipped over to the top.
0: Well, you're spreading teams out. You're getting to a lot more, first read systems, guys on the run, half feet field reads. And so some of that ability to go through four different reads, find your guy, post, pre-snap, post-snap. I mean, it still has to be there, mm-hmm. but maybe not quite to the extent that it did before because of how defenses have to play these quarterbacks, those athletic quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, and so, yeah, if, if they have those kind of traits and then they have a, a little bit of ability to to read defenses, I mean, they can turn into a star in this league pretty quick. And so you're right. You, you kind of lean towards the traits if you can, but if they don't have it between the years, like if you don't feel like they can grasp all that you're going to throw at them, then it's going to be hard to trust them on the field. I, I think that's one of the biggest things is you have to trust that quarterback to actually do something. Yep. I, I think we've seen the last few years, Broncos have not trusted their quarterbacks. Like even in moments where you think, Hey, let's, let's push it. Let's get going quarterback, you know, end of half stuff. Yeah. where you got a minute and a half and you're deciding to run the football because you want to run down the clock instead of, Hey, we got a minute and a half. We're going to go score like Patriots with Tom Brady. You have a minute and a half. Everybody's like, all right, they're going to go score. like yeah. th- th- There's just no doubt about it. Yeah. And uh, we just, we haven't had that since Peyton Manning, obviously
1: it's quarterback driven league folks until you got one, you're wandering the desert. Uh, Dave Millage coming in saying evening and all liked and ready for another mile high huddle podcast. Thanks so much, Dave. It's really nice of you to say, I can't predict what we'll do about our quarterback situation but I've got confidence in our new leadership. I want to take our division back, cheers. It's going to be hard to take the division back with Mahomes and Herbert here for the next decade, but uh, I do think the Broncos have decent bones uh, right now with roster building. Obviously the quarterback again, it's quarterback driven league until you have that guy. Good luck. Um but definitely something that uh, I'm confident too that they can they can get it right. It's just they got a tougher they got a tougher trail. To tackle than a lot of other teams in the division speaking specifically desert creature coming in saying aaron Rodgers imminent decision day two yeah i mean carl you where i'm at. i'm i'm at like a, he's he's back with the packers i'm i already said that like months ago um especially after they brought back that coach who was retired who's ancient to be their quarterback coach i'm like well that that's gonna be it guys he's just posturing i feel like the not to get too much into a stupid analogy here or a high school type analogy, but like I am the nerd that the hot girl took interest in I'm like movie. I'll take him to prom just to make her boyfriend jealous. And then just immediately goes back to her boyfriend. I'm so sorry. I always loved you. Like, well, I feel I'm used. <laughs> you used me. Um, And that's yeah. how I feel about the Broncos with Rogers.
0: I, I think, I mean, Rogers loves the attention. Oh yeah. It's why he does tons of commercials and interviews with, you know, going on the pat mcafee show you know those kind of things loving those uh, he just wants everybody to be talking about him and so i'm sure he'll drag this out as long as he can i I do wonder if there's ever a point where the packers are like we're done like i'm sorry you've pushed this too far we're tired of this Uh, it's going to take a lot to get to that kind of point because it is aaron Rodgers, two-time mvp or two-time repeat mvp guys so uh, i wish it would happen but like you said i'm starting to lean towards he's really going back.
1: Yep. Is what it is. It sounds like, um, just tidbits coming out. I know everybody's really dialed in on the, with Peyton and Hackett and all the information, the Broncos, but the NFL combine is obviously a league wide event and you're getting a lot of information on the whole. And I think it was Bruce Arians today said that sounds like all the top veteran quarterbacks aren't going anywhere um so i i would even throw in kirk cousins as one of the top possible of veteran quarterbacks not jimmy garoppolo thank you bruce arians for being wise not some people have been telling me kirk cousins and jimmy g are the same team success does not equal quarterback ability and uh i would take kirk cousins over jimmy garoppolo on the field in a heartbeat um but uh, russell wilson not being moved deshaun watson lord only knows with that one i'd think you put that one in a box uh there was an interview with uh yahoo sports Charles Robinson said that the Broncos were very interested in Deshaun Watson. And then as soon as the allegations of uh, sexual assault came up, that there was a lot of people in the front office and ownership and positions of power in the Broncos were like, yep, that's not happening. We're not doing that. So I guess have conviction and morals and uh, stand up for it. Uh, so some other teams, Washington football team um, might not have <laughs> them to the same level as the Broncos, um, but still you got to find that quarterback. Billy Homan coming in saying, hello, Broncos country. Good to see you. Diamond Rattler. Boom. Let's go. Awesome to see Juan Espinosa. Always good to see Juan. Good evening. Just had a question. Do you guys think the Broncos will get a new VP of football operations? I'm not sure exactly how the Broncos are going to fill out their leadership positions in the front office. I think most likely you're going to just see responsibilities and tasks spread to people that are already there. And uh, the VP of football operations title might not might not exist. I almost wonder if like Elway's title there last year, it's a little bit more. What's the word I'm looking for? Celebratory um, for his career to date in Denver, yeah. rather than an actual. Matt, like he's an advisor. It was an advisory role, um, <laughs> from my understanding.
0: Yeah, it doesn't sound like he was in the building a ton. I mean, he still did work, but yep. th- there was a lot more time on the golf course, at the bar, yep. at his restaurant, yep. all, all those kind of things. And and you can't blame him. I mean, he's reached that point where if he doesn't have the passion, you can't fake it. No. And it's just probably better just to have them out of the building at that point. But we got Trevor coming in saying, evening, Nick and Carl. It's Trevor. Just wondering if it showed who I was or just Facebook user. Uh, Trevor. Yes, it does show you. And a nice picture there. It's small for me, but I can't can't quite see. But it looks like a very nice picture for you. I see some um, nice smiles. Yeah, there you go. That, that's the big thing. But yeah. Hi, Trevor. Good to see you. Thanks for joining us this evening.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thanks so much, Trevor. We can see you. Um, I was thinking about teasing you there, but Carl just immediately took the tease away. And we also got Salvi Nation coming in. Is it true that the Broncos are trading number nine to the Browns? That was just a mock draft from Mel Kiper today. Uh, Broncos in that mock draft traded back from nine to 13 and ended up taking Jermaine Johnson, the second out of Florida State at the 13th pick, while also getting a third round pick from the Browns. And uh, so not true, but definitely a possibility um for the broncos obviously we heard george payton today said you want more draft picks if possible you want to he said the number was 10 which i think is interesting and also to me 10 draft picks is not 10 draft picks like if you have one second and six sevenths of course that's different than uh having you know five top 100 picks um so it's 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 a simplified i guess words that he's using there to explain it but um definitely possible for the Broncos to move back. And I love it. And this is something we've talked about as well on here. You talked about trading back, not only giving yourself more, you know, shots of the bullseye, I think is the phrase he used, but more flexibility in the yep. draft. And that's just, it goes beyond the draft. You can play the draft board. If you see a guy slipping that you love as a scheme fit, you can go get him, or you can trade those picks for veterans to fill out your roster as well for teams that uh, are in cap trouble or changing schemes. They just don't want guys anymore. So it gives you a lot of flexibility in the draft. And that's something that's, I've been very impressed with the Baltimore Ravens um, over the last decade as well. They always have a bleep ton of picks. um, Thanks to the compensatory formula. Nobody does the (laughs) comp game better than the Ravens. And uh, that gives them a lot of flexibility in the draft. It also gives them a constant good turn of young cost controlled talent and depth. So I I'm with you, but no, they have not traded back yet. I would not be shocked at all. If the Broncos traded back, it's going to take two to tango though. Yep.
0: Yeah. Would you be happy about that, getting an extra third-round pick to trade back four spots?
1: Yeah, I would, because I think that the guys that were available there were pretty much all the same guys that would be available at 13, and to give myself another pick that uh, might be able to then trade back up into the first round for a cornerback or an edge rusher or a tackle, I think that's fine. I mean, you're not talking about moving back very far, and I also don't think there's going to be teams tripping over themselves to move up in the draft to go get quarterbacks this draft. Like People are like looking at the – justin fields uh new york giants trade last year where the giants traded or the bears traded 20 a third round pick and a 2022 first you're not getting that this year in this draft cycle because sorry guys the quarterbacks and even the top premier talent at the top teams aren't going to be teams aren't going to value that as much as last year every draft is not the same every single year so this year's a slightly down year peyton said it's still good it's i think it's a little bit down kind of at the top um but uh still a good year. And I would be happy if they're going to take the same, I think they would take Jermaine Johnson at nine uh, in this kind of scenario. So moving yeah. back and getting that pick and also him costing a little bit less against your captain as well, barely, but you're oper- uh, talking about fractions. So yes, do what I want more of course, but another top 100 pick in this class. Giddy up, man. This is a, this is a good top 100.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's, it's not top heavy. You've got maybe yep. two or three, really elite prospects. Unfortunately, most of them are not at elite positions. You know, probably the best player in this draft is a safety mm-hmm. and then maybe center from, from Mr. Iowa.
1: He's so scheme specific that it kind of freaks me out, but uh, yes, he's very good.
0: Right. But those are the two players. It sounds like that most everybody has at the top of their board for those positions. Yep. All other positions teams vary quite a bit. So it just kind of shows again, this is not a top heavy draft, but it is a, decent depth draft, you know, and it's kind of nice where 2021, they had the fewest prospects enter the draft. And so it kind of meant 2022 was going to be a deeper draft. I I was hoping there'd be a few more players that would merge as amazing prospects, but it just hasn't happened that way. And of course, then when the quarterback position's down, it just makes everything kind of wonky anyway, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, so getting the extra third round pick, like I said, it gives you some extra flexibility to go do whatever you want. Broncos really can do whatever they want right now with this two second round picks, two third round picks. Mm-hmm. They can do quite a bit. So I'm excited if, if they don't make the trade for Aaron Rodgers, then the draft is going to be really, really fun.
1: Yep, absolutely. And we got Roy Osborne coming in saying articles are saying that Broncos are willing to go at multiple draft picks. Never heard that from Hackett or Peyton. Um, Don't know specifically what you're talking about, but there was an interview with probably the predominant Broncos insider Mike Kliss yesterday um, before the draft saying that the Broncos, uh, how did he word it? He worded it in a nice way. Um, None of these quarterbacks have yet to shown the ability to be taken at the ninth overall pick. He said something like that. Yeah. Other than, you know, totally slamming them. It's like they're essentially they're not top 10 caliber draft picks but you could see the Broncos package some picks and trade up into the back end of the first round or use uh, one of their round 2 selections at the quarterback position and Cliss said he would be quite surprised if the Broncos didn't take a quarterback in the first two rounds of the draft this cycle. So uh so, that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking he's talking about.
0: Well, Jeff Legwold actually asked the question, would you trade multiple first round picks to get your quarterback? Mm. And George Payton said, "We are willing to be aggressive to get our quarterback." Yep. So he, Peyton himself didn't say, "Yes, we'll give up multiple first-round picks to go get our guy." Yep. He just said, "We're willing to be aggressive." Now, that that can mean a very wide range of things. It could mean trading up from nine, which I doubt.
1: Yeah.
0: Or it could mean trading up from the second round to the end of the first round. That can be an aggressive move. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Baltimore made that move to go get their quarterback Lamar Jackson. That that's an aggressive move to go get a second first-round pick. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the other thing is with uh, trading those picks, um, he talked about, you know, being able to get those extra picks to move up and get Javante Williams. And then also, you know, having picks to trade back uh, and get more picks then. So you you, George Payton, he likes to play the draft game Um, and we're going to get this up here while the wheel spins. There we go. Uh, We are going for our just starting first, I guess, second show of the month um, because we had one this. No, we didn't. It's today Wednesday. I don't even know what day it is. The first evening show of the month where you have our big star goal, 250,000 stars for Bronco Jersey of your choice. Uh, Heck, if you guys are still in on the lock train, this is your chance to be loud and proud. We're trying to go for that uh, 250,000 stars. So make sure you guys are getting the stars in via Facebook for a – to support Mile High Huddle, make sure these shows continue uh, to come live. You know, seven days a week, d- different shows, so much content coming out from us. Um, and by doing that, but also give yourself a chance to uh, to win yourself a jersey by entering this raffle, uh, getting your stars in there. And speaking of stars, Travis Weber, good friend of mine. Um, at some point, Travis, I'm just gonna have to have a show where where I sing poetically about Devin Lloyd. Um, so, I, cause I really do love Devin Lloyd, even though he's a linebacker, um, but he's so much fun. Um, good evening, Nick Carl and Scott in Broncos country. What odds do you give Denver trading the pick number nine? Let's say for Wilson. Cause I think the Rogers dream is all but dead or trading down. I'm going to give it a, I'm not very good at the odds, you know, like whatever the fractions are with odds. I'm, I'm think of the world in ratios or, or I guess fractions, not fractions, Um, percentages. So I'm going to go 0.1%. Um, with uh, the odds of trading for uh, Russell Wilson. Again, another interview today, Charles Robinson on the athletic podcast said that uh, things a year ago were worse for Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks front office than they are right now. And with Pete Carroll going to be what? 71 years old, 72 years old, by far and away, yep. the oldest coach in football. Uh, I don't see them looking to go for that full rebuild. Um, and, and also we just seen uh, a team. I think a lot of teams are saying looking inward and reflecting, after Matt Stafford was traded from Detroit and then went on to win a Super Bowl in his first season. Huh. Maybe the quarterback who is flashing traits and is a top 10 talent isn't succeeding because he's not good. It's because what we've done around him isn't very good. And we're talking right. about those quarterbacks who are established as good, not these Daniel Joneses who we're hoping on.
0: Right. And I think a lot of teams are humbling themselves a little bit with how many of these quarterbacks are showing how upset they are with their front offices and coaches and everything else. And so I think a lot of them have, like you said, taken a step back, looked at what have we done wrong? What can we do better? And have worked to communicate better with these quarterbacks Mm -hmm. through to build the relationship back. Because you're right. You lose a top 10 quarterback. I'm sorry. It's just not easy to go find the next top 10 quarterback. There's only 10 in the world. And, you know, it's why earlier when talking about, you know, let's take back our division. Oh, it, it is scary for the AFC West for the next like you said decade plus with Mahomes, Herbert, even even, even Carr. Carr. Yeah. And you know all three of those guys are at least top 12, if not top 10. Yeah. And so the Broncos they're they're going to have to do something crazy. They're going to have to they're going to have to take some aggressive risks. Uh, yeah. I unfortunately maybe this isn't the year to do that.
1: Yeah, and I did think it was interesting talking about aggressive risks. Um, for those of you that know, you, um, don't know, Roy Osborne earlier said I didn't hear anything from Peyton or Hackett uh, mentioning about trading picks. There is the NFL big podium interviews that goes on, and then there's a sidebar conversation that is not the one that the Broncos put out. That's just for Denver media, and there's typically you get more poignant, poignant, specific questions in those sidebar conversations. So that came up there um, as far as the discussion with uh, George Payton and trading multiple picks. Uh, so interesting to talk about. Um, thank you so much for your support, Travis. Uh, it's great to see you. I hope you're doing well. We got chronic coming in here saying, if you can't trade for one talking about the quarterback position here, I say you fix the offensive line this year and go all in on quarterback next year when the draft is stronger at quarterback. And this is, this is why I brought up that point about the sidebar conversation. Um, Payton did bring up in that sidebar that, um, uh, they look at the, upcoming crop of quarterbacks as well when assessing direction of the quarterback in the draft that's right in front of them. And if those guys, I don't want to say it too uh, pointed, but if those guys have eyes, um, then uh, they know that CJ and Bryce young are far and away better prospects than any of these, any of these in this class. And they would be one and two in the draft. The Jags would be trading out of that first pick so fast. You wouldn't even believe it um, to, to let somebody come up and get a quarterback. Uh, so next year's class is better. And also I really like a lot of the depth in next year's class too. Um, Miami has a quarterback, Van Dyke, who's pretty darn intriguing. I'm very intrigued by the tools of Will Levis, uh, Anthony Richardson, super high prospect, uh, or not prospect, recruit at Florida. He's interesting. So uh, we'll see how I really like Jaron Hall at BYU too. So, And then you got all these guys who like, oh, they might be great next year. They weren't very good, so they went back. Jaden Daniels, Spencer Rattler, uh, Slovis is another one. So yep. uh, definitely possible. I will say when you say fix the offensive line this year, Peyton Man after my own heart. What positions is he talking about? pass rushers, offensive tackles, and cornerbacks. My dude understood the assignment, man. He is not an <laughs> idiot. God. Thank God. up you know, there not talking about, you know, drafting nose tackles in the top 10 or running backs. I mean, God bless you. Love it. Uh, thank you so much for the, the, the comment, Karanik. Um, Let's keep it going in here. Oh, we're talking some Ritter comments here. So let's Ooh. get back to the quarterback. We kind of hinted at it earlier. Um, I thought it was really interesting that – not diametrically opposed, but how packet how Hackett, packet thats two of them together. How Hackett described what he's looking for a court for in a quarterback was a little bit different than what I got from George Payton. So Hackett over here talking about uh, intelligence, toughness, and accuracy, and that athleticism is a nice bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got George Payton saying like athleticism is huge in today's NFL and hand size it's big. I think the word he used was big. Hand size is big. He doesn't say that you can't have small hands, but he says hand size is big. Um, to me, this is again, diametrically opposing. I think Hackett very much is a Kenny Pickett guy. This is based on nothing other than vibes. <laughs> and, but, but I don't think uh, Peyton's going to be a picket guy at all. So maybe that makes a Ritter a possibility. Maybe that makes a Sam Howell a possibility. I'm curious to see how Matt Corral does as well, but um doesn't sound like a uh, Hackett will be high on Willis. Does not sound like, Peyton will be high on Pickett. Those are the top two quarterbacks for most people, so who knows after that?
0: Yeah. Uh, we do know before this past college season, the Broncos were, uh, a few in the staff were pretty high on Sam Howell. They liked a lot of what he was showing that that junior year, and uh, this last year, obviously, things kind of went downhill for him a little bit. You could blame that on coaching. You can blame that on playmakers being gone, whatever you want to blame it on, but I, I do think there's probably some interest in Howell. I mean, he's a smart kid, finished college in three years. Yeah. He's, he's tough. I mean, <laughs> this past year, his running, man, he, he was trying to be a fullback at running at quarterback. Yeah. And uh, I hope he doesn't do that in the NFL. But uh, yeah, Dylan Van Ark saying, how is like Baker without the attitude? You know, if that's what the Broncos get, if they take him late first round, early second round, whatever, that's probably pretty good on a rookie contract, honestly. I think Baker's more accurate. Howell has some, um, some issues there I'd say where he's pretty streaky. And uh, so I, I'd give Baker the nod on that area. And, but otherwise I, I can see that comparison.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And just some more comments here about um, Ritter. Ritter is not too small, but he is very slender and that kind of concerns me, but he's got some twigs for legs. At least he's six, four Matt Corral has got twigs for legs at, You know, maybe over, maybe six Six one. one. Yeah, maybe. Um, Hasn't been officially measured yet. We'll get that tomorrow. Do you think Pick, okay, is Pickett gonna get his hands measured? Are we just gonna go the
0: entire draft cycle (laughs) without it?
1: I need to do more, more stretches before my hands can be measured.
0: Yeah. So I I actually measured my hand today. Okay. Any guesses on what it was? I'm gonna
1: go nine and three eighths. Oh, man. You're you're
0: eight and three quarters. Okay. So I'd be a little on the small side. I can't be an NFL quarterback. I have, dream died today. Hands.
1: I have big hands, but I always fell for that. Like if they say, if your hands as big as your face, you have cancer. Who huh? like <laughs> got every time um, Dennis Chandler coming in here saying, uh, getting a quarterback in the 2023 draft is hoping for a lot, finishing with a bad record, hoping that none of the 2022 QB needy teams follow the same strategy. And that the 2023 QB needy teams finish better than us. I could see 10 teams who want a quarterback the next draft class. That's always the risk. And this is the argument for, the Broncos taking a quarterback this year, maybe not at nine, but a lottery ticket dice roll that if it hits awesome, if not, you're right back at it next year and being aggressive at it next year. This is, I think this is the strategy. The fatal flaw with drafting drew lock was not drafting drew lock at 42. It was three years of not going out and getting another premium investment at the quarterback position to challenge him and try to make the position better. I don't think that clearing a path for a quarterback and just hoping on him, is a viable path in the NFL uh, at all. You know, you're going to get fired if you do that. Right. Um, and I'd rather, you know, well, what about the tackle or the cornerback? Doesn't matter if you don't have the quarterback. So keep using, right. keep swinging, use those premium investments. Then once you hit the quarterback, things can happen. Um, as far right. and, as needy teams, uh, I, sorry,
0: go ahead, Carl. Oh, I was just going to add, and they did the same thing with Pax and Lynch too. Yeah. And that's why you've had this six years of failure because they've held on to quarterbacks that. Mm-hmm. Pretty early on, they could tell that wasn't going to be their quarterback. I mean, Pax Lynch, they knew pretty early on. This guy is not getting it. He's not working hard. And our pal, uh, that is a puzzle that someone brought to my office. I still have no clue who brought it. It just showed up in my office. And uh, and oh, maybe maybe I can't remember exactly. But yeah, anyway, they glued it. And I've had it back there ever since. So I uh, always like that puzzle. Brings a smile to my face every day I walk in my office. But but you're right they they've held on to those guys just hoping maybe the light would turn on and it doesn't. And mm-hmm. it's kept them from getting other quarterbacks. You know, you think of the the draft right after getting Pax Lynch. Well, then you got Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, which yes, obviously he's got his off-field stuff, but uh, you know, you, you miss on those guys. And we do know the Broncos liked Patrick Mahomes, but they're like mm-hmm. we just took one in the first round. Well, sometimes you got to just admit your mistake and move on. That's that's yeah. the best thing you can do in the NFL. And then we yep. got Travis coming in saying somehow, some way, I hope we draft Malik Willis DB for life. There you go. Yeah, I got my hat on
1: uh, when Travis meant uh, Travis shows up. Um, yeah. Malik Willis. It's definitely possible. It sounds like the Pittsburgh Steelers are really liking him. And uh, there's a mole or a leak in the Steelers front office right now, because last year at this time, I was like, the Steelers are going to take Najee Harris. What do they do? They took Najee Harris. Um, the year before that it was, or a couple years ago is the Steelers really want to go, go, go up and get one of those linebackers traded up with Denver to come get Devin Bush. Who's not been very good taking linebackers in the first round is always a dangerous proposition. Um, so this year it's Malik Willis, Malik Willis, Malik Willis. I say, you know what I, Malik Willis would be fun in Denver. You know what I'd like even more is if the Steelers traded up the nine overall, Send Denver back to 20 and gave us a 2023 first um, to come up and get Malik Willis. Yes, please. Thank you. Have fun in Pittsburgh. I wish you nothing but the best, except in 2023, where I hope you suck so we get the first (laughs) overall pick. But other than that, um, if we don't drop Malik Willis, I'm really hoping uh, the Steelers will come up and trade for him. But who knows? Uh, Derek Wright coming in here. You think we can move Baron Browning to Edge? What do you think here, Carl?
0: I'm torn on this idea. I I hate this idea of keep moving guys back and forth. And and I thought he actually showed some very nice signs at off ball linebacker. Mm-hmm. He, he actually did pretty decent coverage for most for the most part, considering how raw he is for the position. And and I also like the ability when our defense coordinator was talking about you know we'll send rushers and we'll have guys coming up the middle and and those kind of things. Baron Browning being that guy that's coming in and attacking that way, I would love that. I, I think he would be great at it. And so I guess for me, I'm, I'm leaning towards just keeping them at off ball. Partly also it just depends on who they sign. Like if you go sign all three guys that are hitting free agency and young uh, Johnson and jewel, then yeah, go ahead, move them to edge. That's fine. But if you only bring back one of those guys, you need to leave them there because that's a position that is, has very, very little depth right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, this is the, do you move them to edge? No, but Third down, definitely a possibility. You're going to look for different packages here, and what we just saw with Micah Parsons last year. everybody's screaming about Micah Parsons to cover Travis Kelsey. If you're doing that, you're using him wrong because he's a dynamic pass rusher coming downhill. He's not. You don't want that guy moving backwards as much as you can. What did the What did the uh, Cowboys do on third down? They made him an edge rusher, not having to worry about contain on the edge, not having to worry about all that assignment in the run game. Just let him pin his ears back and hunt. Baron Browning has a similar athletic profile on third down and obvious pass downs. I could see them getting a little bit frisky uh, with Baron Browning's usage and a little bit of edge rushing use uh, edge rushing uh, reps. Um, they definitely need to get better. This is, and this is maybe a little bit counterintuitively. Their pass rush was terrible last year, but like they have to be better on first and second down to earn those pass rushing reps. And I don't think there's a worse edge rusher in football right now than Malik Reed at containing the edge. He is just, absolutely terrible against the run i mean it's just it's painful to watch sometimes um so maybe you see a thing where malik reed becomes a, more of a backup and baron browning if you get somebody that's a little bit heavier that can kick inside uh in sub packages trevon walker um then you can see baron browning uh walk on down and be an edge presence but it's again it's versatility that's one other thing that i like about Devin lloyd uh, he's really good in space but man to put him on the edge as well as a speed rusher in sub packages he can pin his ears back there's some pass rush value there for him um V Frozzy V $20. Thank you so much for opening up the super chat today. I am starting to get a little bit upset that, uh, you know, Carl and I aren't good enough for you guys. No, thank you so much. <laughs> v Frozzy. You're great. We appreciate you. Who is the best quarterback in this class? You had to ask the toughest question
0: imaginable.
1: Um, Carl, I'm going to kick it to you. What do you think?
0: All right. Well, I- Last time you said Malik Willis, I said, Sam Howell, because I just wanted to be different. So I'm going to reverse it this time. I'm going to be Malik Willis because because I don't like any of the other quarterbacks. I guess I'm going to bank on the traits to to possibly turn into something. I mean, he can make up for a lot of things just because of his feet. You know, if things break down, he can go do some different things that other quarterbacks can't. He's got a good enough arm. He's accurate on his deep passes, which I think with this wide receiver core could be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, So I'd have to put him up there. But again, I, I don't know where I'm taking him either in this draft.
1: Uh, you got to love him. Um, if you're going to take him, you probably have to take him at. Uh, honestly, you probably have to take him at uh, nine if you want him. So we'll see about that. And V yeah. uh, we got the boss man working in the background. And he says, because of your support today, we are going to send you a shirt. So make sure that you go to milehighhuddle at gmail.com and uh, get at us. Make sure you tell us your name address and t-shirt size, etc., all that information. And uh, we'll be sending you a shirt. So thank you so much for the super chat and the support and supporting building the Broncos on Tuesday nights. Uh, you know, you guys get those in there and you get a chance to win a shirt um, from us and support the show, support mile high huddle, support the Broncos. Um, we also talk about support, always supporting us. Michael Ronquillo down there in Tucson, Arizona, land of eternal sunshine. Michael, always rocking Broncos country. Very supportive. Good evening, Nick and Carl on building the Broncos. Go Broncos. Thank you so much, Michael. You're always a great support here. We appreciate you. Also Travis coming in here evening. Yeah. He's also talking about uh, Josie Jewell being resigned. Obviously you heard about Josie Jewell. Did you also hear the sidebar conversation again? Not the direct stuff. Uh, Broncos have been, have met with and have spoken with Bryce Callahan's uh, team as well about a possible reunion there. So it's Melvin Gordon's at one Bryce Callahan, Josie Jewell, all some preliminary talks.
0: Right. Did you notice in, I think it was George Payton's presser he forgot Kenny young's name. Yes. And he's like, yeah, we got these three off ball linebackers that are free agents and yeah. we got Johnson, we got jewel and I can't remember the other guy's name.
1: <laughs> and he's a UCLA grad. He was giving himself a hard time. For yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. So that's, I mean, God, he did that as well. When he had an interview with Broncos.com's Eric DeLala, where he's like, Oh yeah, we're going to lose some linebackers this year. It'd be really great if we could bring back Alexander Johnson and Josie jewel, no mention of Kenny young. And I, is not very good either for Kenny Young. I mean, he was fine this year, but he was fine in comparison to Justin Stranod and uh, Curtis Robinson, who were not very good at their positions um, this last year. Uh, Michael Ronquillo coming back in saying, George Payton is working on a contract with linebacker Josie Jewell during the NFL Combine. He is talking to Jewell's agent during the event. Yep, this is a this really kicks off. And everybody's, you know, we, we talk about the draft, the measurables and whatnot, but the NFL Combine is way more about the meeting of the nfl minds this is where a lot of your free agency deals trades etc are gonna be mostly worked uh at least set up maybe not ironed out you gotta take it back home and like work on some of the details but like in some dark bars after way too many drinks you know this is this is where nfl media or nfl uh deals are getting done and hopefully they can bring back josie jewel because he was he wore the green dot last year um, he's actually been one of the better coverage players. If you're asking him to cover a tight end in space, like Travis Kelsey, you already did it wrong. There's only like two linebackers in football that can do that. Well, um, so good luck. Uh, so he's actually been good in coverage for what they've asked him to do. Smart player. I actually, I also love watching them. I went back and watched some Josie jewel from 2020 and seeing him pre-snap, you know, push Alexander Johnson to another gap being like, Nope, you're yeah. lined up wrong. Get over here. Josie, Josie's the the brains of the operation for that linebacker room. It'd be great to have him back
0: for sure. And Michael, I just want to say you are a superstar today. Yeah. Really appreciate all the stars and just all the comments. Uh, just it, it is a joy to see you in this chat every single time, every single week. I think you're in pretty much every single day. So uh, we really do appreciate it there, Michael. And and you're right. This is Jewel. I hope they can get him re-signed. I love what he brings to the field. He's not the best player, obviously, and it, but he won't cost a whole lot. Yeah. He's one of those players you can actually get a fair deal you're not going to go overpay him just to make sure that he can't go to another team. And, and you're right about the, the combine. It is such a time where teams aren't supposed to be talking about these things of, you know, who's going to be free agents, who are we going to try to sign, but agents and teams are already talking, trying to work things out, get preliminary ideas of what a player's wanting in a contract, all those kind of things. So uh, it, it's kind of the, the unwritten rule that the combine you're allowed to do whatever you want, yep. you know, just don't make it public. We'll let you do what you want.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Also, we got Tyler coming in here saying, I can't see how Peyton can justify drafting a quarterback this year at nine when they didn't think Mac Jones or Justin Fields were worth it, unless they love Patrick Sertan that much. I really do think they loved Patrick Sertan that much. I also think that when you draft a quarterback, and you essentially need to write off that rookie year um, for the most part. And with Vic Fangio being on a hot seat, I think using that ninth pick on a – quarterback essentially means that you probably should have just fired him to begin with. So I think Patrick Sertan is, was given more so about giving Vic Fangio a chance um, that season and Peyton giving Fangio, you know, enough rope to hang himself, so to speak, you know, that kind of thing. So I do think they love Patrick Sertan that much too. Um, Patrick Sertan looks like he's going to be one of the top five to 10 cornerbacks in football. I think he's still only 22 years old, which is crazy. He's two years younger than Kenny Pickett, (laughs) even though he's already had a year in the NFL. Um, So I think they loved him that much. I also have heard that the epilepsy thing was enough of a unknown for Justin Fields that maybe it was knocked him down their board. Who knows if that's kind of you know whispers getting out there for PR after the fact, but uh, it's out there at least. Speaking of out there, Andrew. No, looks like he's rocking the Javante Williams picture, flexing Ooh. on us, big guy. Number thirty three. It looks like a number thirty three there, Andrew Baker. Hey, Nick, Carl, and Scott. Scott's uh, Scott's doing some fatherly these today, so we got Chad working in the background. But I'll tell him you said hello. Uh, tired of the quarterback talk, but man watching Hackett and that video, his energy drawing plays and what he likes to run is refreshing. Yeah, Carl, I've, I've not seen Ted Lasso, but I'm imagining that Pat Hackett is like big Ted Lasso energy.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty much the same. Uh, like it's that Spider-Man meme of them looking at each other, pointing at each other. It, yeah. It's pretty much that. Uh, and, and it's, it is crazy to see just the difference between him and Fangio. I mean, yeah. Fangio is the, the old man, get off my lawn. and yeah. Hackett's the, uh, hey, um, I've got a little extra food in the house. You want to come on in? We're going to have a big party and invite the whole neighborhood. And, uh, you know, he's the guy that's cooking up cookies and taking them around uh, to everybody. And, uh, yeah, he's just – he's a lot of fun, and it's going to be great to to hear him interview. You hope that that transfers over into the players and what happens on the field. And uh, you you hope he has success. But you're right. you got to get the quarterback figured out, obviously, for any coach to have success. I I always kind of wonder how many coaches – would be considered great coaches if they had a top 10 quarterback.
1: I mean, God, what would Bill Belichick be if he didn't have Tom Brady for all those years, right? Like it's, if you have the quarterback, you got it made, but if you don't, you're going to be fired. It's that simple. I mean, you know, not to lament Vic Fangio on the way out the door, but he said, what's the biggest difference of what happens here versus the other teams? Like those other teams have three great quarterbacks. And if you're working from the fourth great quarterback year after year, guess what? you're going to be finishing last more times than not, because that's how important the quarterback position is. Honestly, last off season, I tinkered with a formula because I'm a big nerd. And sometimes I really miss football where uh, I graded each positional group on a 10 point scale, and then waited each of those to come out with a score. And I think I had the quarterback grade as 33% overall of the entire score of your roster. I might have been too low. Like, forget the entire defense. Forget the rest of them. Like, maybe the quarterback should be like forty percent of your overall grade because it is that important.
0: Yep, crazy for sure. It's- sorry, and sorry, Andrew. I know you said you're tired of quarterback talk, and then all we did was talk about quarterbacks. <laughs> okay,
1: real. Let's quick pivot here for Andrew's sake. Um, we heard from George Payton today. Um, God, God bless him for talking. Oh, we got to get at pass rushers offensive tackle and cornerbacks. Thank you. God, thank you so much. been screaming that on this show for building the Broncos specifically for five, six years. Um, those are the positions. Uh, but, um, he mentioned about getting after some pass rushers. Is there anybody right now where you're feeling a little bit, uh, frisky with the pass rushers? I see that, you know, Jermaine Johnson was there. We haven't really had a temperature check on that for a bit. Is there anybody at nine pass rusher wise that you'd be interested in?
0: Well, for, for the system that the Broncos are going to be running, you're usually looking for some guys that are a little bit bigger, stronger, can really collapse the pocket. And I, I know this guy has been kind of put all over the place, but George Karloftis has to be up there for me. I, I think he's a perfect fit in the system. I mean, he is strong as an ox. His hand fighting ability is top notch. Uh, I love watching his games. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry against your Iowa Hawkeyes. He had, he had a pretty good game. Yeah. <laughs> and so he, he'd definitely be one that'd be up there for me. Um, Jermaine Johnson, I I like him too. I I think he's a a pretty darn good edge player. It's kind of crazy to think of him transferring from Georgia. Like what would they be even on top of what they already were having Jermaine Johnson in that rotation? Mm -hmm. That's just crazy to think about. But, um, and then I I think your boy, Trayvon Walker that you've talked about a few times, I I think he'd be another one. That's he's strong. Um, he, he does pretty well with his leverage game. I wish we had a few more pass rush snaps to judge him off of.
1: It's such a weird role for him. His tape is weird, but yeah, these he's interesting. Uh, I think, uh, Mel Kiper had him going 17 to the chargers, which would be a little unfortunate. Um, but, uh, who knows? Dave Millage coming in here saying first time on with Nick and Carl. Cheers to you, man. Thank you so much. Uh cheers from the great white north. Oh, there we Ooh. go. Brilliant. You gotta let us know where in Canada you are. I have not made the trek to Vancouver yet, despite living in Seattle, but gotta do that soon. I've been to Banff before I was very little. Um, but it, I do I was young enough to kind of remember it. I remember uh Lake Moraine was like magical, which duh, like it's the pictures there are incredible. Um great brainstorm here on the huddle tonight. Really enjoying the discussion with everyone. My best D in BC. All right. Oh, Dave. Um, well, oh, British Columbia. So you're close to me. There we go. Awesome. You gotta, I gotta get up to squamish sometimes. It looks beautiful. Uh, Travis Tarbucks saying, I definitely hope we also find a dynamic return guy. Spencer was terrible. He was terrible. Um there are some dynamic return guys. I'm really interested in Marcus Jones out of Houston. I don't know if you've caught, caught much of his tape yet. He's only 5'8, mm-hmm. but if Ivero's scheme is going to translate a little bit, one for one for what he did uh, to Denver, the Rams last two years played the highest rate of off coverage in the NFL. And uh, Marcus Jones, five, eight, you don't want him pressing. Like if, if you're asking him to press, you're going to, it's going to be terrible, but he's competitive at the catch point. He's very twitchy and dynamic coming downhill. And he is a lightning bolt <laughs> as a returner. So you're looking for a nickel cornerback, maybe a little bit of overhang safety roll at that five, eight spot with the returnability. Round three, I mean, that's, I wouldn't take him round two. It's just still a little bit too small. Um, But uh, round three, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Please.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's a great choice. And, and you're right. Yeah. Broncos have to get more out of the return game. I mean, Spencer, it wasn't even just that. Like, if he would have just fair caught everything, it would have been better than what he showed on the field. Yeah. It Just some of his decisions, Uh, you know, c- catching it inside the five-yard line yep. and deciding to return it. Or, or even fair catching up i think a couple times it, it just so many bad decisions and i don't know if yeah. you can put that on special teams coordinator or spencer i I'd put it more on spencer really he's mm-hmm. the one that's having to make those decisions in that moment and they've got very simple rules for returns like if if you're within this yardage line you let it go into the end zone and he just would not do that but uh we've got clee coming in saying would you be mad drafting either nicobe dean or tyler linderbaum at nine they seem like the only players most likely available at nine who have the potential to lock down the position for 10 years
1: i mean yeah that's possible and that's kind of talked about that this morning on the show with uh, scott where this is kind of mimicking a lot right now of the 2013 draft class where there was a lot of guys taking day two that were fine but like the, the first round was landmine after landmine of bad picks um, and the team that honestly came out the best the teams that came out the best were, I would argue, not the bills who took EJ Manuel, first quarterback taken, I think at pick 17 or something, woof, not very good. Um, but the teams that did the best lane Johnson going number four to the Eagles freak athlete at offensive tackle, been their best right tackle in football for it, for my money. Um, up until two years ago when Tristan worth Wirf, entered entered the league go Hawks. Um, but, uh, <laughs> the other pick that was incredible was Travis Frederick going to the uh, Cowboys who ended up being an all pro center for a number of years. So definitely think it's possible with Dean and Linderbaum Uh, Dean for me. They're both the thing is they're both very scheme dependent. In my opinion, Uh, Dean for his size is very good at beating guys to the point of attack and getting off blocks. But he also had the benefit of playing behind Trevon Walker, Jordan Davis, uh, Devontae Wyatt, and top 10 pick in 2023, Jalen Carter, which meant that he didn't have to take on many bodies very often. He could just pin his ears back and go through holes like Moses was parting the sea um, to attack the quarterback. You know, it's crazy. Um, so I think he's good one that probably needs to be more in a 4-3 four, four, scheme where he's not asked to come downhill and scrape and fill gaps as much. He can be free to use those instincts and chase. Tyler Underbaum, yep. six two two ninety. 290, if you're asking him to take on nose tackles or if you have great nose tackles in your division, I'd be a little skeptical. I don't think he's going to be able to handle them one-on-one. If you're running a zone scheme and you have a lot of uh, outside zone, he's he's definitely interesting. There's some upside there. Also, there's no doubt about uh, – I can't speak for this for every single player, but there's no doubt about Tyler Underbaum's football character. That dude is a f- uh, football holic. He yeah. loves the game.
0: So so what scheme did Hackett say he's going to be running?
1: Outside, outside zone? zone. Yeah.
0: So yeah. <laughs> He is actually a good fit. The thing about taking him
1: at nine is that, like, if for that position where like they're never taken in the top ten, not even like we're talking center, like that's I don't know that's ever happened. He has to end up a Hall of Famer, or the pick probably wasn't the best use of resources. And that's a very thin line to walk, right? It's a Hall of Famer bust first. I don't know. It's it's not like taking a kicker in the first round, but it's not not far.
0: (laughs) Right, and it's hard because I look at our interior offensive line right now, especially with bringing Graham Glasgow back. It's not a need. And so to, to use a premium pick on a guy at a position, that's not one of the top tier positions yeah, when you don't even have the need at, in the first place, it's hard for me. And I understand like cushion uh, is the starting center and he wasn't great this last year. I, I don't think he'll be the starter this next year. I really don't. I think it's going to be some kind of combination of Reisner, Glasgow and, um, uh, and Miners,
1: mm-hmm.
0: And I don't know which position they're all going to play. But Glasgow has center experience. Reisner has center experience. They were trying to train miners to play center before he got put there at guard. So all three of them have cross done guard and center. Yeah. Yeah. Cross train. So I could see either of them going that way. That's the only reason, or that's not the only reason, but it's one of the main reasons. I don't think Linderbaum's going to be the pick unless they're end of round one. And he's still there and they're going, we can't pass up this kind of talent.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Austin Ryder. What's up, boys? Made it to the live stream tonight. Always good to see you, Austin. Uh, we also got Guy Hill coming in, keeping the lights on. Uh, thank you so much, Gee. We appreciate it. I cannot tell based on your picture because I swear to God it's like a micrometer across, but it looks like it's a, it's a puppy. I, if it's not a puppy, I'm really sorry to offend you. I cannot it is. explain how small it is. Okay, that's like if that would end up being like, you know. That's my grandma. Like, Oh my God, I can't see. I'm sorry. Um, Gee, coming in saying, I think Locke should get a chance to the staff and we draft edge right tackle cornerback and go for quarterback in 2023. We will have a winning record. It's a start. Dem- Denver Broncos for life. Defense wins championships. Um, thank you so much for your support. Gee. We really, uh, we really appreciate that. And I, this is going to be shocking because I know that I am hypercritical of Drew Locke because I'm hypercritical of all quarterbacks that aren't top 10 and known franchise quarterbacks. Um, I think Locke should get a chance. I do think he he's, he's here, he's cheap, he's talented, he's going to be 26 years old, which typically is like your last jump as far as development for that quarterback curve. And uh, I think he's a solid scheme fit for a scheme that's got a lot of first reads should be open kind of thing, high-low concepts, half field going on. Um, so I think he should get a chance. It's obviously going to depend on what other quarterback they bring in because make no mistake about it, they're going to bring in another quarterback, um, what level that is, We'll see. But I, I agree with you. I think Locke should have a competition and uh, best man wins. You know, we'll say what we will about best man last year. Uh, we're not working with all the puzzle pieces. So it's hard to say. I thought it was, I thought, and I said it from the beginning, if it was close tie goes to the guy that's younger with more years of control, that would have been drew Locke. Um, but alas, uh, we are where we are right now. So we'll see. But thank you so much. Guy. What do you think here? Um, Right. Tackle encoder quarter, quarterback at 2023.
0: I'm for it. I mean, obviously those are positions of huge need and positions of great value. So if you can get those positions loaded up and set yourself up for 2023 with the quarterback where they step into a great roster. Uh, I mean, the the quarterbacks that are struggling that come in as rookies, a big part of it is because they just don't have a great roster around them. They're coming into really bad teams. Uh, I mean, you look at last year's class with with Fields and uh, Lawrence, you know, they they went to bad teams. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they're going to struggle. They go from top tier programs that have first round picks galore surrounding them to all of a sudden guys that probably wouldn't make some teams practice squads. And yeah, it's just going to fall apart at times. So I'm interested to see how other teams build around those guys if they do, or if they don't, I mean, Sam Darnold's is a great example with the jets. They did not build around him very well. They just kind of depended on him to go make plays happen. And you can't do that. You got to, give your rookie quarterback a chance. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, what he got Tyree kill Travis Kelsey, decent offensive line, great off, you know, offensive mind game planning for how to use them. Yep. That's how you find success.
1: That, that being said, I do think there is an inherent greatness and ability in a quarterback. And we just don't know. Nathaniel Hackett said it today. If we had the secret sauce, that guy would be a genius and a billionaire. We don't know. So you can, you know, lament all day long that the situation wasn't perfect for them. But in the end, it's on those QBs to get it done. And some yep. guys have better situations than not, but that's always going to be the case in the NFL. You're not going to be Alabama playing children of the Corn in Southwestern state, uh, you know, putting up hundred points in two quarters. That's uh, going to be tough. Um, and you have to either sink or swim. And I, you think like you're, I don't, I'm very much of a nature versus nurture when it comes to the quarterback. Um, but like, if you swap Darnold and Mahomes situations, Mahomes is still going to be good. I think, I think Jets is very toxic, but I think Mahomes is still going to be good. Not maybe, Talking about one of the best quarterbacks ever for how good he's been out of the gate. But, uh, and Darnold would have been fine. Um, but I think that either of those guys still would have been inherently great no matter what. Situ- or Mahomes would have been great no matter what. And Darnold would have probably been mediocre. They would have schemed, they would have been like Mitchell Trubisky, right? Like where they're like, oh, okay, we're going to only run boots and run half the field because we don't trust you to do anything else. Speaking yeah. of which, Mitchell Trubisky, talk of the town in Indianapolis. Another point against the 2022 quarterback class. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Um, Nathan. Thought coming in thoughts on possibly drafting punter Matt Areza, Are, Area. Are, I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I don't watch many punters. I know that Colorado State has a punter that a lot of people rave about. Um, and I actually saw him not like live but go head to head versus uh Iowa this year. Iowa actually is a really good punter as well. And uh, that Colorado State punter was better. Um, so uh, he's really interesting. Maybe you talk about it like a seventh round pick, but I. I don't know. I think you can find specialists undrafted free agent, let them compete and just take the best guy. Um, So I don't know if I'd want to, I haven't watched him. So I have no opinion other than he's a punter.
0: (laughs) And he he played for San Diego state. Oh, okay. He was the guy that also kicked field goals for them. So you could maybe almost get away with having just one special teams guy save a roster spot. I I wouldn't quite go that far (laughs) because then you're, you're screwed. If that guy gets hurt in any way, and you're putting him in twice the danger with kicking field goals and punting. So, uh, but you know, he, he's a great punter and you know, one of those seventh round picks, if you want to throw that at a punter and give Sam Martin some competition, I, I think Sam Martin's a pretty good punter, not top tier by any means he can be replaceable for sure. And I, I really don't mind more competition for that spot because I think you can sneak them on to practice squads. I mean, like I said, teams are just, they're, they're kind of, Switching in and out. Unless you've got a start at the position, you're always kind of just trading guys left and right. Yeah, And uh, but worth a flyer. Yeah,
1: for sure. I mean, Broncos can save some money moving on from Sam Martin. He's fine, but probably not to the cost that he is. He probably can go cheaper there and get a equitable return. Um, James Hyatt actually better return equitable play. Um, James Hyatt coming in here saying edge or offensive line at nine. If someone offers to trade up and giving up another second, go for it. This draft is best for filling out needs this year. Just we at quarterback late second or a third for quarterback. Um, again, Mike Kliss said that the Broncos are looking to draft a quarterback late first or in the second round. So at least from what he's hearing, hearing things can change um, as we saw also Peyton is, incredible at keeping things close to his vest. Um, Last year, Patrick Scrutan was a big shock um, for many people, especially after the Broncos went out and spent big on uh, cornerbacks and free agency. Um, So we'll see um, what happens there. But I would not rule out, you said edge or uh, offensive tackle. Peyton kept saying pass rusher. He did not say edge. He said pass rusher. So I think you can shoehorn uh Travon Walker, who's kind of an edge slash five technique hybrid. Um, and maybe even Devin Lloyd, uh, because of how good he is rushing the passer off the edge as well. Yeah, just right. just for a pass rusher.
0: Well, and especially after what we saw last year. Yeah. Um when, when teams were using those guys in more hybrid roles. If they can get after the, the quarterback, they're gonna go get him opportunities to go get after the quarterback I and mean, that, that's the most important thing you can do and uh so it's one of the reasons that devin lloyd i don't mind him as much compared to other off-ball linebackers because like you said if he can bring a little bit more multiplicity to the defense go for it
1: yep absolutely absolutely we got uh big mel is a mile high hope you're doing mel hope you're not too high um we're talking to you Mel, what's going on? No, Um, Glasgow to center, minors to right guard. And then he also asks, uh, is Reisner really the truth? I think this is definitely a possible uh, grouping of the Broncos interior offensive line. I think that Lloyd Cushion very well uh, could see himself as a depth piece with this scheme because he just does not climb very well. Uh, He's more of a power player and pass protector first. So um, he's, uh, it's definitely possible. Is Reisner the truth? Reisner's fine. Um, You know, he's, he's a, Okay, starting guard. You don't need to have five A plus players in the offensive line to get it done. Um, people are screaming about offensive tackles, um, or right tackles specifically. The teams that were just played in the conference championship games, two of the guys were seventh-round picks. One of them was an undrafted free agent, and one of them was a second round pick. You know, you don't have to spend premium positions at the offensive line to get to the Super Bowl. That's not, you know, you don't have to chase greatness at a position like offensive tackle like you do at quarterback. Competency no. is competency is fine. That's enough. <laughs> um, so well. Uh, Really the truth, he's fine.
0: Fine. I wanted to ask you this question because George Payton brought it up, that he and the coaches, one of the discussions that they've had is what players on this roster fit what they want to do and which players don't. Which players do you think get a boost because of Nathaniel Hackett now being a a Denver Bronco coach?
1: Oh, man. This is is an interesting question, Carl. Uh, Definitely getting a boost. I would say Reisner does get a boost. Yep. Um, I would say... Noah Fant gets a boost, although he's actually been high usage like per target compared to other tight ends in the the league. But I think Fant gets a boost. And I would say Drew Locke gets a slight boost as well. A more simplified scheme that's probably going to be more play-action centric.
0: Who doesn't fit what they're wanting to do?
1: Um, For me, I think that Cushionberry is one that I'm concerned about. Uh, On the surface, I would think Natane Moody, but then I went back and thought uh, Brandon Brooks for the... Eagles for a number of years at right guard, not the most fleet of foot, but an absolute unit that could move guys from the point of attack. Um, it, and they were an outside zone heavy scheme, and he worked fine. Um, that being said, he was literally be- between the most athletic center and right tackle in football, flanked on each side of him. Like, that's not hyperbole. Jason Kelsey is different. Like, people talk about uh, Tyler Linderbaum being an athlete. Jason Kelsey is a better athlete, and I don't know if there's a better, uh, I don't know what's going on, a better athlete <laughs> than uh, <laughs> yo, check out Dylan's new tattoo. Awesome. There we go. Um, that's sick, uh, man. three three three. three. I, I don't know the significance of the three three three, but that's sick. Shout out to Dylan. Um, that's glad. Carl. Do you have any tattoos? Yes, you do.
0: I do. Yes.
1: Okay. Uh, <laughs> do you mind me ask asking that? Yeah. We can, we can talk later if you want. Okay.
0: I, I've what got you? uh, I've got the Superman symbol on my chest. Do you seriously? I across do. Across your whole yeah. chest? Not across my whole chest. <laughs> on my right pec. Uh, okay. My nickname in high school was Superman. Oh, so
1: that I, doesn't lend itself to a big ego. <laughs> I know, I
0: know. <laughs> I stay so humble, but oh. uh, no, it was more just because I was the guy that did really stupid things and somehow always came out on the other side, not hurt.
1: Other than your so teeth getting knocked. Well, out. yes,
0: okay, I had teeth knocked out, but beyond that, you know, they, I, I could go into stories, but I won't hear right now. You, hit me up on Twitter if you want to know some of the stories, but. Oh. Uh, Yes, yeah, so that's how I got that nickname and one day I was at a tattoo parlor with another guy. He was getting a tattoo and he's like, "You should get a tattoo." And so then I I got myself a Superman tattoo and came home and my mom tried to scratch it off my my body. Oh no. Yeah, she was not Mother's,
1: happy. Yeah, I bet. See, I I don't have any tattoos. I'm not that cool. Honestly, I don't have convictions about anything enough to like this is permanently on me. You know, I'm just like I've not been there whatever. Um but uh, I guess I could get a Broncos one, but now that I'm in the business side of things for the Broncos, I maybe it's not the best to have that pure emotional fan dedication all the time. Um, I always have joked though. I want a post-mortem Mike Tyson tattoo and then have an open casket. Cause like j- just, just people going for a role. Like that's not him. It's like, no, he, this is what he wanted. He wanted to get the Mike Tyson post-mortem and then the open casket afterwards. Um, just, just for the laws, right. I'm going to go out of troll. Might as go. well. Michael Ronquillo coming in. Great show tonight. Nick and Carl. I'm building the Broncos. Thanks for what you guys do for Broncos country. Go Broncos. Thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate that, Michael. You have you are such a great support for this show. Constantly coming in, uh, it's amazing. I uh, don't even know what to say. Thank you for everybody who's given us support today. Uh, Gee Hill came in with the twenty dollars. Um, we had some other ones as well coming. Andrew Baker came in. It's been great. So you guys are all awesome. We really appreciate you. Uh, any final thoughts, Carl? Before we start to get on out of here, obviously the big interviews today. Love Nathaniel Hackett's energy. Love George Payton's uh, thoroughness. Um, he pretty much made it known that the Broncos are going to be looking very hard for quarterback. But that's been the story the last six years. So hope I mean they got to hit it eventually, right? It's the law of averages, <laughs> gambler fallacy there. right? Uh, uh-huh. But um, we'll see what happens. Do you have Do you have any other big takeaways though?
0: Well, I just wanted to give a shout out to, to V Frozy V. Make yes. sure you hit up uh, the Mile High Huddle Gmail email account. 100%. With your name, address, and shirt size, we'd love to get a shirt sent out your way. Really appreciate the support here today. And uh, no, you're right. I mean, that's obviously it's going to continue to be the biggest question. I know Andrew said, I'm tired of talking about quarterbacks. Well, it just unfortunately, it's the talk of the town until you get one. And then when you get one, mm-hmm. that's all you want to talk about is that guy. So I just, that's the way of the NFL. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about a lot more than just that, of course, throughout this whole off season, especially these next couple months getting up to free agency, getting here to the combine, you know, who's going to be great, who's not going to be great, all those kind of things. So we'll, we'll mix in a lot of different topics here, but, but no, it is, it's exciting that the combines here. It doesn't even feel like it's here. Like it it just, I don't know. This feels like a weird off season and probably because my life is just kind of in chaos with different things that have happened, but uh, good things. I'm not trying to say bad things, but, uh, but no, it is. I'm excited to watch the combine this week and just see which players finally emerge.
1: Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. This is building the Broncos. We're at live with you guys. Is that the hat says building the Broncos? Yep. We're live every Tuesday night at six o'clock mountain time. Uh, Make sure you guys tune in again next week, next Tuesday, because we'll have the post-combine analysis as well. Dylan coming in saying, great conversation as always, everyone. Make sure to hit that like button on the way out. It says 29 for me. Let's get it up to TD, uh, Terrell Davis, number 30 up there as well. Uh, A little bit goes a long way, as Dylan said. Also, make sure you guys are following uh, Carl and I. Carl is at Carl Dumbler MHH and I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Thank you, who just came in and gave us 30. God bless you. Let's get to 31. Heck, why not? Um, Also, follow us at BTB Football Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you guys have a Facebook and you're not joining us there already, hey, New month, we got that star giveaway coming in. So get those stars in. And the only way you can do that is if you are going to Facebook, giving us the stars on there. Um, make sure you're joining us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod, as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. Uh, if you guys are listening after the factory, an iTunes, please go there and leave us a five-star review and comment. I think James Hyatt just recently uh, left us a five-star review and comment on, on iTunes as well, I believe. Um, so really appreciate that. If you guys haven't done that yet, make sure you go there and do that please subscribe, like, and share um, on YouTube or subscribe to our channel on YouTube and share it on all your social media platforms. Heck have have you called your mom in a while? I'm talking to you person listening right now. Call your mom. Tell her about mile high. Tell her to tell her to tune in next time we can hang out. This is a mom friendly podcast. No doubt about it. We say yes to moms. Um, Appreciate you guys. Carl, what's the rest of night looking for you?
0: I got to get my run in. I'm I'm training for a race out there in Colorado here this summer. And uh, so got to get that in. I've been, busy all day getting different things ready. So this is my, my time to shine. What about you?
1: Uh, I'm actually gonna go do a workout myself. Um, mm-hmm. right after this, I am trying to get in my hiking backpacking shape and I'm going to think I'm going to try to climb, uh, Mount Adams sometime in the next couple months, um, uh, when it gets a little nicer. So, um, uh, maybe might, might even do a car to car lies. <laughs> Chad, you don't got to feel bad that we're going to go do things. Uh, no, it's whatever. Fine. Um, I'm going to go
0: eat a tub of ice cream.
1: Yeah. God, this is the arm curl, <laughs> right? That's what we're doing. No, appreciate you guys so much. Um, we appreciate you. Uh, we'll see you next time. We'll see you on Scott's channel tomorrow morning. Um, choose kindness. Choose compassion. Go Broncos. You've been listening to building the Broncos.
0: Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.